the more money you have, the actually more people you can help to become successful and rise others, right? So that's um, changed me completely. So for me now, it's uh, when I make money, it means that I can help others. I can help more employees. I can help other people to reach their goals. And that's where true happiness really lies. Welcome, everyone, to Do Well and Do Good. You're here because you have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful, positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. I'm your host, Dorothy Ilson, and I'm here to help you discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Welcome back to the show, everybody, and get excited because I have a very special guest for you today. This is our 76th episode of the Do Well and Do Good podcast. But today we have our very first billionaire guest. That's right. His name is Andres Pira. Now, Andres is originally from Stockholm. And at the age of 20, he bought a one-way ticket to Thailand with just $100 in his pocket. He soon found himself homeless, sleeping on public beaches, and really unsure of what to do next. Fast forward to the age of 30, and Andres had made himself a millionaire and went on to create a real estate development empire called Blue Horizon, which today has over 240 employees across 19 companies and is worth nearly $2 billion. Not only that, but he just launched his new book, Homeless to Billionaire, which is really designed to inspire other people about what is possible in life. See, Andres' journey completely changed when his friend sent him a book that he thought could help him. And that book really became the catalyst for how Andres went from homeless on the beach to a billionaire that is impacting the lives of so many people. Not only has Andres amassed incredible wealth, but the way he did it speaks to me on a deep level. And I couldn't be more excited for you to hear some of that story straight from the man himself. Now, pay special attention during this episode because in it, I make an offer for the first several people who DM me on Instagram about Andre's episode. And I think you're really going to like what you can get if you take advantage of that. So pay attention and definitely reach out to let me know what you thought of this episode and if it resonated with you as deeply as it does with me. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Andres Pira. Andres, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I could not be more excited and grateful to have you here. Well, thank you so much, Dorothy. It's a pleasure being here with you today. So let's dive straight into your story. First, you know, what was life like for you growing up? And what was the mindset around money that was ingrained in you when you were young? Well, I remember those days pretty clear because uh, I had a mindset that money was evil and that life just happens to you and you're not in control of it. And uh, it just happens day by day. You live in default. So that was my core belief. That was what I believed that life was. And I believe that money was just something that uh, evil people had. <laughs> so that, that's what I thought about it. And I, I, I thought it was right. So yeah. Well, so we definitely are going to get into what shifted that for you. But you know, first, when you were 20 years old and you decided to move to Thailand, what prompted that move? I was depressed in Sweden. I, first of all, it's a cold country, snow, darkness, and rain. And 
I jumped out of school when I was 14. So I thought that I didn't have any future and I couldn't get any good paying job in no education. And I was in the wrong environments, in gang environments. And I was living in the, the, the darkest suburbs of, of Stockholm. So it was just a big depression at that time. And I knew that this is not the place I want to stay for the rest of my life. And if I do, I'll probably, I don't know if I would be here today. So uh, it was the only thing that I could do. It was to leave everything, leave everything behind and cut all bonds with every friends or people I knew to be able to, to just start over, start a new chapter in life. So what happened when you got to Thailand? Well, I came to Thailand with about $100 in my pocket and uh, at least I was happy at uh, a short moment because my dream was always to be in a tropical paradise. I wanted oceans, white sand beaches and coconut trees. And uh, when I finally reached Thailand, I, I saw all that and I was happy even if I didn't have, I have less than $100 to my name. And I knew I needed to find a job. And at that time, I, I didn't care about being a successful businessman or entrepreneur. I just wanted to have a paycheck where I could pay my room and live under, um, live in a tropical paradise with my blue oceans and white sandy beaches. So that's how I ended up in the first place in Thailand. And uh, I got a job pretty quick, giving out brochures for a hotel, a resort on the beach in, in Phuket. And that's how I spend my day to day, walking eight hours a day in the sun and trying to invite people to our resort for get, to get their presentations. And that's how I did my living for a whole year. And was that the year that you found yourself homeless? That was after approximately the one year being in Thailand that uh, I was thrown out from my little tiny room since I hadn't paid the rent for four months. And I still had that mindset. I was living day by day and the little paycheck I got, I spent it on, on nightlife and being in bars with like-minded people and friends. And we thought that we don't know what's happened tomorrow. So we might as well have fun and party today. And that kind of mindset and... and destructive living. I got thrown out after four months of un unpaid rent. What was that experience like for you? I mean, getting thrown out on the streets and you're not having anywhere to go. I assume that really just shook your world. Of course. And I mean, when that happened, I, I believe that that was the worst days of my life. But sitting here today and doing podcasts and, and having the amazing people and, and organizations around me, I believe that that was actually the best thing that ever happened in my life. So my understanding is, you know, the story goes, you're homeless, you're sleeping on the beaches, and you called a friend back in Sweden for advice. Tell me that story. After I got thrown out, I, I thought I'll, I might as well go down to the beach. And Phuket is a beautiful island because it doesn't matter where you live, you have access to 16 swimmable white sandy beaches wherever you are. So I walk down to the beach there and I, I sit down and I think about what I'll do with my situation right now. I've, I've been thrown out. I probably can borrow some money from someone or and just move into a new place and continue my destructive life. And um, when, as soon as I tried to call other friends or people that I knew after, after one year in Thailand, in Phuket, then everyone was starting to say no because I was actually already owning all of the money. I was living on borrowed money from every single person I know and I couldn't call back home. I couldn't ask my... Uh, siblings or parents for, for help because they were against it. They were against me leaving in the first place and I didn't want to call and tell them that I failed in life and I was too proud and had that shame that I couldn't do it. So I came to think of a friend that I hadn't spoken with for a whole year in Sweden and I thought I might call him since uh, he doesn't have any connection with my family. So maybe I can call him and he will at least not tell them what situation I'm in. And I asked him for money. And I said, well, Max, can I, 
can I get some money? I'm in a bad situation. I'm here homeless on a beach and uh, I really need some help. And what he answered was, no, I can't. I don't have money to give you, but I will send you something that might cheer you up. And he said, I will send you a book. And imagine how I felt when he said that. <laughs> Pretty frustrated, I bet. <laughs> I got even more frustrated, more angry and more depressed. And I was just blaming everyone in the world and even him. And why, what should I do with a book when I'm homeless? I need money. I need to move into a, to an apartment again or a, a room at least. And yeah, I was, became even more frustrated and angry. But that was a self-development book. And I had a few, uh, I think it was to print out the PDF version was maybe 50 cents or something like that at the internet shop. At least I have that. And I printed it out and I thought that instead of feeling sorry for myself and, and blaming the world and, and crying my nights out, I might read this book and at least I can focus a little bit on something else instead of just blaming everyone. And I started to read the book and when I did it, I became even more angry, more frustrated because I didn't believe in any of that. What was the book? The book was called The Secret by Rhonda Burns. And she gathered a lot of self-development teachers there. And it's all about the mindset and visualizations and, and, uh, and goal settings and how to create a perfect life around you. So I, was, I didn't believe in any of that. I thought it was complete madness. So I set up, I did give myself um, uh, a lesson. And I said, well, I'm going to prove all these methods wrong. I'm going to sit here on the beach. I have something to do. And I'm going to do everything they tell me. And then I'm going to prove it wrong once and for all so they cannot give out these things to others. So that's how I started. So you set out to prove the secret wrong. And my understanding is that it did not go that way. What was, what was it like for you, you know, as you started putting this into action? And I guess first, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you the context. You know, I believe that you know, that book has drastically changed my own life. It's you know, something that I live by every day. But for anyone who is not familiar, could you, you know, give just a general overview of what those instructions were that the book was giving you and you know, what you did in setting out to prove it wrong? Yeah, the whole book is that uh, find exactly what it is you want in life and make a structure of them, make goal settings and, and see them in front of you. Think about them every day and visualize intensely and believe that you already have it and focus on the things that you already have instead of being worried for the things you don't have. So it's all about controlling emotions, controlling mind and thoughts, and to be able to do that into your own advantage. I was lucky that I didn't start with these major big goals. And that's the, there's two things people make wrong, and I understand that today. First of all, they start to think of these big, amazing, huge goals or dreams. Uh, they want that million dollars. They want that Ferrari. They want that uh, penthouse. Or they want that perfect relationship or perfect uh, destination or whatever they want to have. And those goals are too big to start with because your subconscious mind will tell you immediately that, no, you, you can't do it. You're not good enough. So we still have limiting beliefs that we need to erase. I didn't understand that at that time, but I started with small little things and I was so eager to prove it wrong that I saw that I will even, I will even prove the smallest little things wrong. So when I was there on the beach, I started to visualize and believe that someone was giving me a cup of coffee. That was the smallest thing I started with. But, and at that time, I didn't know. There is se several steps to visualization. And at, the more senses you put in, smell, sight, audio, and feeling and all that into visualization, the stronger the attraction becomes. And I was doing all that uh, un unconsciously. I remember seeing that cup of coffee, the color, the, the color of the cup, the smell, and the heat in my arms, and uh, in my fingers, sorry. And two days later, 
uh, one of these guys on, on the beach who, who um, has jet skis and parasailings and motorboards, he probably seen me there several days. He came up to me and said, well, I seen you sleeping on, on this beach for, for a while and I thought I'll give you a cup of coffee. And he actually handed me a cup of coffee and that was exactly the color of the mug and the smell and the feel exactly like I already seen it. And at that time, I really thought it was just a big coincidence. That was, did, did I create this or was it just a coincidence that it happened a, a couple of days later? But um, that was when I started to, to understand how powerful we are as human beings. And from that day on, I started to visualize bigger things and then bigger things and larger things. And since that day, 16 years later, I live, I live by this virtual law every single day. I love the way that you, know, you talk about starting small because really at the end of the day, I think the biggest key to you know, the secret or the law of attraction or you know, what we're talking about here is having that belief that it's possible. And even further, getting to this place of believing, you know, not only is it possible, but it's already done, right? And you know, when we do set these goals that are so far beyond what we've ever done or what we've ever accomplished, it's very hard to get ourselves you know, on a subconscious level to this place of, of believing that that's possible. And so you know, I think it's easy to go to that extreme. And then when it doesn't work, say, you know, this is, this is bullshit, this doesn't work. But this idea of starting small, starting with something like a cup of coffee, I mean, what an incredible way to prove it to yourself. So one question I have for you is that to me, the pushback that I get from people on this in trying to understand the law of attraction is that at first glance, it seems to be purely about wishful thinking, right? So I'm curious, you know, how did the law of attraction play out for you in a practical sense? And, you know, where does action come into the picture? Um, thank you for bringing that up. And, uh, and action is the key to any transformation. And that's what most people miss. That you, you can't just sit all your life in a certain place and just visualize and believe you have it. But it's the action. That's what, you, that's what creates attraction. That's what creates energy and to uh, attract those things in your life. So we have to take massive action. That's the last key ingredients to any, any transformation. So absolutely, that's very, very important. You might have small, very little things that can come to you with just not taking particular action. But when you, when you go for the bigger goals, the, the bigger desires or, or stuff, then massive action, that has to be in there. It's a part of the equation. So what did that look like for you? So you were you know, working this job, handing out brochures. You know, fast forward 10 years and you've started to create this massive real estate empire. What happened in between? And you know, I'm curious to hear it through the light of you know, how you leveraged the law of attraction to create this for yourself. Well, when I understood the power of action is what uh, my third visualizations and meditations at the beach, because I, I still didn't really believe in all this. So I started to visualize on the beach, getting a job and getting a paycheck. And I saw myself in office environments, talking to colleagues and, and doing office work and, and being around this environment. So I saw myself already having these parts. After I'd done that for, for two days in a row and seeing that in my mind, I took massive action. So what I did is I started to ask every single hotel, every single office, every single bar, every single restaurant, whatever I could get a hold of or or, or ask for jobs, I did it. And that's the part of action, right? So I did it. It only took two days until they actually gave me a job. A homeless guy, they gave me a job. But it was not a good paying job, but I leave was a job. And that was, some people say it's lucky enough I, I, I went into real estate, but the, for the, the job I got there was to give up brochures for a real estate agency in the sun. 
So there was a little bit better paid job than my first. And at least that took me out from the beach. I could get a small little room with the fan and I could get a shower and I could have a little bit for food and clothes. So that was the part of massive action. And I, if I would have sat on the beach and believed that someone's going to offer me the job, it would never have happened. And after that, I, yeah, I started to climb into that organization and, and I, I built myself up within real estate from that company upwards. Yeah. So it's this whole idea of not just taking action, but I think taking aligned action, right? So, you know, putting what you want, you know, what your goal is out there, believing it's possible, believing that it's already on its way, and then following your intuition, you know, following that gut feeling that all of us have had of doing the things that feel aligned, that feel right, and that, you know, the universe is is showing you, you know, this is the path lighting it up for you as you go. So, you know, Andres, what did that path look like from you? You know, how, how did your career unfold and you know, how'd you go from just handing out brochures to you know, actually developing properties? After I got the, that job, giving a brochure at the, at the, outside the real estate office, I, I started to get role models and I started to look up to people who I wanted to become. And within that organization, that was the sales agents. I saw them selling properties, driving nice cars, and going around, having their suits and with their logo on their shirt. And I thought they were cool and happy and they had that great life. And I thought, I want to be like them. So instead of being envy and jealous and having hatred because they had a better life, I, I started to admire them. And I started to, to, uh, to see that I want to become exactly like those persons. And I started to visualize being a sales agent and even went to buy similar clothes at the market just to look at them and I started to pretend like them and I saw how they walk, how they talk, how they behave, how they smile. And I started to mimic that and just wanted to be exactly like them and visualize it. And another six months later, by pure, not, it's not luck because I created it with my own mind and a customer came outside the office and said, I want to buy a property. This guy was from England and when I took him inside the office, the sales manager said, well, all our sales agents are busy. So he needs to reschedule. But this customer, he was going home the next day. I, I knew that I would lose, lose him. And I did have one of these very old scooters with gears in Thailand that really sounds horrible. But I said, well, I'm sorry, there is no sales agency, but I can show you two properties that I know, and, but you need to go with me on this bike behind me. <laughs> so he actually agreed. And the two, one of the two properties I showed him, he actually bought it. And when I came back to the office, I told my, my sales manager that he just put a deposit on the property and then the sales manager said, you're the first one who ever sold a property on a scooter. So, <laughs> and he thought that he, well, he believed in me. So he um, arranged a company car and I got promoted to sales agent. So, and after that, I, I had a role model as sales manager. I wanted to become like him. So I used the same methods. Another year later, I was promoted to sales manager since I became the best uh, selling agent in that company. From that, I went on to become sales director for, for the whole organization. And when I saved enough funds, I, I knew how the whole real estate agency was run because I, was, I started from marketing to sales, to, to manager, to director. And then I knew that, well, I can do this myself and I can do it better, hopefully. And that's how I formed my first company. And that was a real estate agency and not too far away from that office that I currently work on. So I took that leap of faith and it went well. So. That's how everything started there, yeah. Gosh, that is absolutely incredible. And you know, one thing that I'm, I'm curious about is you mentioned first thing that growing up, you had these really negative beliefs about money and about what it meant to be a person who had a lot of money. 
When and how did that mindset around money specifically begin to shift for you? Before I was successful, before I had this promotion, and that's when I started to shift my mindset. First of all, is I told you before that I, I thought that life just happens to you. You're not in control. You live by default and it, it just happens to you every single day. And, and I started to understand with the power of visualization and creation and, and putting goals and vision boards and all these kind of things that I do every day. I started to shift my mindset and, and just know that we're actually creators of our own reality. We're the creators of every event that we see in front of us with the images of our mind and the emotions of our soul. And when we mix them together, that's what's reality is formed in every human being. So, and then I understood that money is, actually, money is actually a great thing if you do it well, if you use it well, because the more money you have, the actually more people you can help to become successful and rise others, right? So that's um, changed me completely. So for me now, it's uh, when I make money, it means that I can help others. I can help more employees. I can help other people to reach their goals. And that's where true happiness really lies. And really, that is the core of why I was so excited to bring you on the show. Because this podcast is all about the way that creating that success in our own lives gives us leverage to be able to go out and have that impact that we truly want to have on the world. So tell me about that. How has this incredible success that you've created through your real estate business, you know, how has that allowed you to go out and, and help other people? I really started to be extra successful when I started to put other people in front of me and start to help them to rise. Because I noticed that if, if I wanted success, then I need to help other people get success. And if I wanted to, to make money, I had to help other people make money. And if you wanted to be happy, I needed to help other people make happy. So it's a universal law that we all are gathered around and, and that, uh, that we can use to our advantage. So whatever you put out there and whatever good you do in the world, it comes back to you but tenfold. There is a universal power that says that this person is of good. He's actually helping others. So let's give him more of that so he can help others. And that's my virtue of believing. And I live by that every single day. And it works every single time. One thing that you had mentioned um, in, in another uh, interview when I was preparing for this was the idea of vibrational giving. Could you tell me what that means? Absolutely. And that's a little bit of what I've been telling you now, but I've been studying this, this vibrational giving for almost 16 years. And if you, if you go down to atomic particles and energy, you will see that we're all energy beings. We're all made of the same thing. We're all vibrational beings that have energy around us. And whatever you give out in the world, if you give something with a great emotion, with a great feeling and, and be, be grateful that you're actually in a position you can do it, you're emitting a certain frequency, a certain vibration out in the universe to other people. And that is what vibrates out there. And it actually starts to find the same kind of uh, frequency and vibration and it brings it back to you. But most people, when they give, they give in form of scarcity. They give in form of fear. So when they give something, it's because they feel they have to do it. But that's still a negative feeling, right? So and some people, they give out and say, oh, I might not get it back. Or that person maybe is not going to be thankful enough. So we start all these negative thoughts. And that's the vibration you give out. That it means that you get the same back. So it's all about also paying attention how you feel when you give something. That's the part of vibrational giving. But if you fill yourself with joy and happiness when you give it to others, don't expect that person to give something bad. Don't expect anything to come back to you. Just to know that you're doing it with a great feeling and the universe will give it back to you automatically. Gratitude and this feeling of abundance is always going to be what, what brings in more. But you know, I think that 
when people have been living in this place of scarcity for so long, you know, maybe even decades, it's a challenge at the beginning to start to flip that mindset and think about it in a different way. So, you know, I'm curious, what advice would you give to someone who is just beginning to learn about, you know, the power of visualization, the power of our thoughts? How would you advise them to start to put these new mindsets in place and focus on abundance rather than lack? I would say to anyone, as, as I've been doing it, so start with small things. Start with baby steps because you need to build up that courage, that belief, that hope, faith, that, that it will work. And you need to, to build up that strong belief later in your subconscious mind because after your subconscious mind, there is, I see it as different steps because when we start with something, we wish that it works, but wishing there is a lot of frequency of negativity there that it might not come to you. So you're emitting two different frequencies. And after that, you're hoping because you, you know that your hope is going to go back, but you still have a little bit of doubt in hoping because it might not come back, right? And then after that, when you build on uh, further on that, it becomes to believe. You're just believing that it will come and that's stronger. And the last step of it, I, I would say, is knowing because when you know it's going to come, there is nothing that holds you back. There is no frequency of doubt there. So, but it takes a while to build up these st- four steps that I call it. So start with the small things to build up the belief in your mind and um, start with small things. And everyone maybe want, wants a new pair of shoes or a TV or visiting that certain city close to you or meeting that person or family member that you haven't seen for a while. So these small things, write them down, put them as goals and put an estimated date on when it's going to happen. But when you start to get those small goals, then the belief will go up. And then you will be able to, to go for the bigger things. So start small every single time. Visualize the small things. Then you will see that you get an unexpected phone call, unexpected email. You bump into that person or that event or that advertising comes up of that thing that you've been looking for. So it's, it's connecting the dots. And that's when you start to believe that this really works. So start with that. And I promise you will see some great things going to come to you. Absolutely. I am just lit up by everything that you're saying. I mean, I've seen it in my own life too. I mean, when I first started my ad agency, I got so clear on who my perfect client was and, you know, what their business was going to be like, what they were going to be like as a person. You know, I, I journaled about it. I meditated on it. And, you know, after I got my first client who was basically exactly that person, I started journaling about what it would feel like or what it was going to feel like to have my first $10,000 month and just in excruciating detail what that experience would be like in the present tense, right? As if it had already come true. And, you know, I think it was maybe four months after I started doing that, that I had my first $10,000 month. And then I started journaling about my $20,000 month and, you know, eventually got there. And so, you know, I think this idea of starting small and allowing, you know, these little wins to build on themselves until you're creating bigger and bigger things in your life, it's only going to cement that belief. So you, you mentioned four steps. Was that the first or, you know, what are these four steps that you're referring to? I mean, it, it's a certain mindset to your subconscious mind. And when we start with new habits and new practices and we want to imprint it in our subconscious mind, we start with wishing that it will help, right? And then after that, we have, uh, we're wishing that it will happen. And after that, we have, when we start to see the small little dots coming into, uh, into our life and we can see the connections, we're getting that cup of coffee, we're getting that uh, jacket or, or a pair of shoes or whatever we put our mind to, then we start to hope next time that it, it works because it's a bit stronger than wishing. 
It's just a different frequency that you give out. And after hope, you, you start to believe because you start to get more of those things. And after you've done it so many times, there is no doubt anymore. It becomes a knowing. And then when your subconscious mind just knows that it will happen, you get it so much quicker because there is nothing, there is not an opposite frequency that is pushing back the, the positive effect. Amazing. Well, Andres, I know you just released your book, Homeless to Billionaire. Tell me, what is the book about? Who is it for? And you know, why should everyone out there listening right now go pick it up immediately? Well, Homeless to Billionaire is an autobiography from myself and all my trials and errors and failures and success. And I've done it to, to encourage others to try all these small things. And, and, and I love when people try to prove me wrong because I started with the same thing. I, I was starting to prove these methods wrong, but I got the same results. So hopefully people can pick it up and read about it and, and get inspired because I know if I can do it, they can. We, we all have the same mind. We all have the same soul. And if we use it in the right way and use the same principle, we're all going to get the same results every single time. So I would like people to, of course, read it and, and, and study it and, and do the teachings. But remember, it's action that is the key to transformation. There is not just because you read my book and then, and then close it, it doesn't matter, you're going to change your life. It's to put all these principles into practice and do them every sing single day and become better at it and train them. And I'm more than happy and I can say that you will get amazing results with anything you want to build up in your life. So I will, um, hopefully people will read it as much as possible. So, yeah. Well, I can't wait to read it myself. And, you know, I am just like I've been saying, you know, such a huge believer in everything that you're talking about so much so that for anyone listening right now who is excited by this conversation, who wants to read this book and implement this into your own life, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Dorothy Ilson. And the first five people who reach out to me, I will personally send you a copy of Andres' book. So absolutely take advantage of that because I guarantee that what's in there is powerful. Andres, you know, you have created so much success in your life, you know, so much in your life as far as, you know, giving to others and, and creating that impact. I'm curious to ask you as our final question here, what do you want to be your legacy? That's a great question. And I, I've been thinking about that many, many times. And you know what? I don't want to be remembered as the person that, that built this massive resource and was that billionaire and had these dream cars and had these dream houses and all that. Yeah, I have that, but that's not the person you want to be remembered as, right? And I want to be a force for good. And even for my daughter that I have and the people, my relationships, and I want them to remember that a person that actually changed people and made them into better human beings and actually changed them. And I want to be remembered as a person who, who gave other people lifetime experiences. So that's the kind of person, that's the kind of legacy I want people to remember me as. So yeah. And you are well on your way to doing that. So Andres, thank you for everything that you've shared with me today. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. So I'd like to move into the impact round. So this is where I'm going to ask you a series of short questions. And I'd love for you to just respond with the first answer that pops into your head. You ready? Okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Who has been the most impactful person in your journey to do well and achieve financial success? Napoleon Hill and my mother. Amazing. So Napoleon Hill, for anyone, the few people out there who don't know, Think and Grow Rich. So definitely read that book as well. And then Andres, who has been the most impactful person in feeding your drive to do good and make an impact? My daughter. When you're having a bad day, what do you do to get yourself out of the funk if you do get into a negative headspace? 
I start to think about all the things that made me happy, all the old memories and people that I love around me. And when I focus on them, that, uh, that feeling of, um, of negativity just goes out the door. Besides your own, again, that's homeless to billionaire. What book do you find yourself recommending to people most often? Well, The Master Key System by Charles Sanel and Think and Grow Rich. I would say that's the ones that uh, I paid most attention to and changed the mindset that I have today. And then what is the best piece of advice related to happiness that you would give our listeners? Happiness is not about money. It's about the balance of life. You need to have growth. You need to have health. You need to have relationship. And you need to, uh, you need to have a financial freedom. But financial freedom is just a part of the wheel. You need to have all the other things that I just mentioned. That's happiness. Mm, holistic wealth. I could not agree more. Well, Andres, you absolutely rocked the impact round. So thank you for that. Now, as you know, here on the show, we have what I like to call the do well and do good challenge. So this is where I encourage our listeners who want to give back to contribute to the nonprofits that are nominated by my guests. Could you tell me what organization you're nominating and why it's so meaningful to you? Well, I'm a big supporter from Phuket Has Been Good to Us Foundation. And that's a foundation I've been sponsoring foreign teachers with work permits and visas across Phuket to to teach um, kids that lost their parents in the tsunami. So uh, I love that organization. And I also love another organization that is called Cool Earth. And that's set to preserve rainforest to buy it so it can never be, uh, it be cut down and used. So I would say this is two, the two things that um, I've been supporting for many years. Wonderful. And then lastly, Andres, before we say goodbye, where can our listeners go to learn more about you, about your business, and to, of course, pick up your new book? Now we have our website, andrespira.com. And if they want to download a free chapter, they can do that first there and also download a short version of the 18 principles. And if you like what you read there, go ahead and order the book on Amazon. And we have a Kindle version and also the, the, the book itself. So go ahead and, and reach out and hopefully that will inspire you also to make good in the world. Amazing. And like I said, the first five people, I will send it to you personally. So shoot me a DM. Andres, it has been such an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Dorothy. It's been a pleasure. All right, everyone. That's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to introduce any new listeners to how the Do Well and Do Good Challenge works. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is if you are looking to do more to give back, I encourage you to contribute to any of the nonprofits nominated by my guests. Send a screenshot of your receipt challenge at dowellanddogood.co and your donation will be included in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having. The second way you can participate is absolutely free and that's by voting. See, in the first couple days of each month, we host a vote inside of our free Facebook community to determine which of the nonprofits nominated the month before that I will then donate a portion of my advertising agency's profits to. It's an awesome way to make your voice heard, and we've been able to raise money for some incredible organizations doing good in the world. So if you'd like to be a part of it, then head over to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, where you'll find a link to join the group. Once you're inside, I'm also sharing tips, ideas, resources, and more to help you both increase your income and your impact. We're having so much fun inside there. So head over again to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, and I'll see you on the inside. 
It means the world to me to earn your time. So thank you so much for listening.